Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Most people would assume that I watch ESPN all the time, and most people would be correct in that. But uh, when my teams are not doing good, I get frustrated, and believe it or not, I get the channel changer, and I change it to another channel. And I like watching a lot of times National Geographic. I enjoy a lot of shows based on Alaska. Always fascinated with that state. But also I love watching stories and documentaries about animal life. And one of the things that I think if we ever watch National Geographic or shows like that, we kind of learn the behavior of animals. One of the things that we can learn is that a number of them go out in packs or herds. And they stay together for safety. They go for food together. And they, you can see them in their whole natural habitat when you watch these documentaries. But one of the things that happens in the animal world is that if you become weak, if you become sick, If you're not able to keep up with the herd or the pack, sometimes you're left behind because of safety, fear of predators, or it's time to move on. We've got to keep eating. And many times those animals are left for defend themselves, to die, or to be eaten by predators. Believe it or not, human beings can sometimes behave the same way. Organizations, groups, Humanity come together, boy, we can buy into the the lifestyle of productivity, lifestyle that we're not charity cases, that we're independent, that we take care of ourselves, and in groups when people can no longer keep up, can no longer be productive, when they become such a burden or such a liability to the group, sometimes they're left behind and forgotten. People move on. Sometimes we're elderly. Sometimes our health can't keep up. Maybe there's personal issues that we're dealing with. And sometimes the pack of humans, the herd of humans that gather together, can just leave people behind. What does God think about that? And what do we know about God? This is why Christians gather together so that you begin and I to have an understanding of who God really is. And today's Old Testament reading and gospel gives us some powerful insights. Isaiah, a prophet, speaks in a vision term to people who've been in exile. They have been in grief for many, many, many years. That they're taken away from their homeland by their poor life and the decisions they make. And God somehow allows that to happen where enemies come and take the people away from their faith, from the temple, and from their own land. And yet, one day, God calls them to come back. And this vision talks about the desert greeting the people who are returning together as a herder pack, I guess. And the desert blooms, becomes a place of life, not of death. And then God pays attention to those who are weak. The blind will see all types of blindness. The lame will walk. Those who can't walk well or keep up, who fall behind for any reason. And the deaf will hear. 
This is what God thinks about the weakest members of the pack. God pays attention. And Jesus does the same thing. John the Baptist is in prison. And he tells his friends to go and ask if Jesus is the one. And the thing that upsets me about Jesus, it seems like he's a game player. I don't like game players. Because they do, just say what's on your mind. And so when they, when they ask Jesus, Jesus, John wants to know, are you the guy we've been waiting for? And instead of Jesus saying, well, yes, look at this up, and this is the way it is. You know, I am, and I'm going to prove it. Here's my ID. I'm the Savior. He doesn't even do that. He just says, tell John what he sees. Figure it out yourself. Thanks, Jesus. No wonder you have so few followers. Just tell the truth, huh? But he tells John, look at the signs and others. What does God think about sending his son to this pack, this herd of humanity that he loves and created? That he will take the time to bind the wounds of those who are blind to those who can't walk and keep up, to those who are dead, they've been raised, those who can't hear and understand will have their ears and their hearts open. That's how God feels about us. And he wants humanity to be sure, including the church, God's people, the body of Christ, to be sure that we take care of one another. And so... In the Catholic faith, we have great healing. But I think sometimes Catholics just don't realize because of poor formation or they just learn things that they'll never change. And one of the things here that I know about Catholics, because I'm one too when I last checked, huh? That you guys are so good about death. You talk about it, you prepare for it. You even call the priest in at the last minute. They're dying. Do something. Let's be sure they slip into heaven. And so you are the experts on death. But when it comes to healing, Catholics many times are very ignorant. They don't understand healing. They just think, well, you got to suffer with Jesus, and you suffer on the cross there, but don't bother the priest because you're not dying yet. Boy, if we bring grandpa and grandma, the priest there, they'll, they'll just freak out. They'll think they're dying. We don't want them to think that. So doesn't God care when we're hurting and suffering? Doesn't he offer healing? That's the beauty of our Catholic faith, is that we have sacraments and rituals that really speak and offer healing. Not just physical healing, even though we want that, but all types of healing that are necessary. You see, one of the greatest sacraments that I really did a lot this week and got me to think is called the anointing of the sick. Now, many of you who are older will know it as extra unction or the last rites. And I can't tell you, even this week, when I dealt with people, when I went into their rooms, the first thing they said, because they're not very formed in their faith, they go, what are you doing here, Father? I'm not dying. Am I dying? Yeah. No, you're not but you're stuck in bed. Your family is worried about you. You're suffering. You're in great pain or you're not well or you can't get out like you used to. Let's pray over you. And so that sacrament offers great healing. You know, sometimes you guys do listen to me. I'm so impressed. Huh? 
And the times that you listen to me, and it happened last night, and it happens a lot in this parish, that many of you come up after Mass and check with me or Father Andre or Father Mark, and you ask for the anointing of the sick. And you know what you do so well? You invite your family and friends who are parishioners to join us in the sacristy, the vesting room, or back here in the church. We did that last night. I love when people who need it, who are going in for surgery, just need some healing. They know something medically is going on, but not sure. They invite other parishioners to pray. You see, God cares about that. Many times Catholic thinks God just wants us to twiddle our thumbs until we're dying. And then when our sins are forgiven, we can slip right into heaven. God cares about you now. And that's why the church, God's people, the body of Christ as we're called, are meant to be in the herd and pack that we have to stop and care for those who can't keep up. We can't label people who are in need of healing physically as people who just aren't productive and can't keep up. How about mental healing? Many of you know of people, and maybe in your life or other family members' life, who suffer with mental illness. That's a pain and a suffering that's unbelievable. And sometimes it can be masked that people don't know. There's a lot of pain here also spiritually, where people need healing. Emotionally, there's some woundness and healing that needs to happen from events in the past, and God cares about that. And sometimes it's hard for you and I just to keep up with the pack. And people can feel like we're left behind. And we can feel alone when we're alone in our homes, when no one visits us, when no one asks us. But also, some of you are very good at masking. And that's understandable. You, you want to live private lives. It really is no one's business to know what you're struggling with unless you choose to, to share that. You know in the past, many times I've done it myself, where I have offered you the anointing of the sick after Mass. And I do all four Masses that weekend. I have the diocesan record that will never be broken of 2,000 anointings in one weekend. Huh? No, no priest is going to beat that. I won. Woohoo! Huh? <laughs> but what I did is offer you that sacrament that after Mass, if you needed to stay, and I explained the sacrament and what conditions are, our, 4,000 might come on a weekend. I'm almost. Half of you stayed. You look healthy. You look good. You're dressed well. You're here. You don't have any problems. That's what I'm going to assume. And yet, that reminds me that we all are in need of some kind of healing. And that anointing of the sick offers that. Another sacrament that the church offers, and we're going to be doing this especially in Advent and Lent, is the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And many of you might know that as confession. You know, in my 25 years here, I have preached strongly on that sacrament. And I do many things that help promote that we need that sacrament. You know that. And so, one of the things I always do is teach about it and encourage people to go. I, for many years, have heard most second-grade confessions, their first confession. I personally want to hear most of them. We only have one session where I get some other priests to help because there's so many. But for many nights during Lent, 
I spend the evening with about 10 or 11 second graders with their parents and grandparents and godparents. The chapel is full, and I get an opportunity to teach the parents about that sacrament. But I also am there for one reason, to make sure our second graders have the best experience possible. They're so afraid. (laughs) And all you want to do is teach them how to say, I'm sorry. That's it. Hearing confessions of second graders is like being pelted by marshmallows. (laughs) (laughs) And all you're trying to do is give them a good entrance to know, yeah, there are sins that we've done, that we have told a lie, that we've been mean to our brothers and sisters. All it is is to give them that example. But we encourage parents to do that. I have written on my own some examination of conscience questions. You know, I I have to be honest with you, so get mad at me if you want. Some of the examination of conscience are more just about breaking church rules. Well, I haven't broken any commandments and all. Well, God wants more than just that. I've developed a number of them in the green card whenever you get, uh, when you come to confession, they'll be available this week when we have our penance services. But I, I think it's about relationships. Who am I angry with? What's my relationship with my spouse? Am I pure physically? You know, those are the things that Jesus talks about in scriptures a lot. And so I want people to go beyond rather than just going to Mass and saying, I haven't killed anyone and I haven't used the Lord's, Lord's name in vain. That's it. Nothing else to work on. No, we all do. And this is a great sacrament. So Monday, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock to 11, Four priests will be here. Just walk on in. We're going to go for two straight hours. If you'd like to come and and celebrate that sacrament. Some of you have been away for a long, long time. And every Advent and Lent, many of you return back to this sacrament. It's beautiful. And so all the priests there will be blind and uh, not hear very well. So you'll be able to go there, okay? And that's from 9 to 11 here in the church tomorrow morning. This Wednesday, nine priests will be available for the penance service at 6.30. We'll start right on the dot, a quick prayer for each other, and then we will line up, and you'll be able to participate in that sacrament. What a powerful healing. Healing of memories, healings of knowing that, well, things we can't let go, maybe the forgiveness of ourselves or forgiveness of others. And so the church is a pact. It is a herd, and people move forward, and sometimes Christians forget to remember the weaker members of the pack, because life moves fast, and there's a lot to accomplish. Even church people think that, and God says, wait a minute. Let's look at people who can't keep up. Let's look at people who need healing. I care for them. And he's inviting us, the church, to do the same. Catholics, you're experts on dying. You're really good about death and dying and suffering. That's why you love Lent. She. But I don't know if you're really experts on healing. It's there. It's right in front of you. Open your eyes and know how much God uses sacraments in church to bring you and me healing. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 